Thank you for listening to the Ablaze Church Sermon Podcast. Our purpose at Ablaze is to love God, love others, follow Jesus, and tell others. If you are looking for a church home in the Tulsa area, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at ablazechurch.org. This weekend is a big weekend in the Christian church because Christian churches throughout the world are celebrating Reformation Sunday. Now, for some of you, you know what that means. Others of you may have no idea what Reformation Sunday is. I want to take you back in time to around 500, 600 years ago during the 1400s and the 1500s. Do you realize that when someone died, they didn't have a funeral the way we do today? Today, we have funeral homes. We have embalming fluid. <laughs> we have refrigeration. Okay, years ago, they didn't have that. So when someone died within the church, they would have to bury that person pretty quickly. And they might have a private little get-together. But if people from out of town had to travel, it may take a day or two. And that would be too late. So the church came up with a wonderful celebration called All Hallows Eve and All Saints Day. What was that? One day a year, they'd have a big funeral where everybody would remember their loved ones, a mother, a wife, or someone who might have passed away during that year and they would celebrate together. Now, like funerals today are a big thing because everybody can make it, but that once a year funeral, everybody showed up. It was a big event. In fact, it started on All Hallows' Eve, All Hallow Eve remembering the saints, and it would flow into the next day. Today, it would be like Monday and Tuesday, and the next day was All Saints' Day. And it was one of the largest celebrations in the church. Well, a man some 500 years ago knew that it was a big celebration, and he wanted to get the news out that there were some problems in the church. In fact, 95 problems in the church. And what was the church teaching? That you should brag about yourself. <laughs> you should celebrate how much money you have. You know why? Because you can buy salvation. You can buy forgiveness. It's what you do to get to heaven. And if you're going to boast, <laughs> you better boast about that. And Martin Luther said, now, you shouldn't boast. Because it has nothing to do with you. That is salvation. Salvation is a gift from God. It is by grace. Through faith we are saved. Not of works. Not of money. Lest any man should boast. This is from God. And so Martin Luther took 95 theses. 95 things wrong with the church. And nailed it on the church door. In a little town called Wittenberg. And people read those 95 things wrong with the church. Things like priests should be allowed to marry. Okay, you don't have to have a pope to be a Christian. 
You don't have to pray to Mary or one of the saints because Jesus can hear your prayers directly. And there's all these things wrong with the church, especially the way to heaven and the selling of indulgences. You can't buy forgiveness. And those 95 theses were taken down from that door, put in a printing press, and spread throughout the world. And it today is celebrated as the Protestant Reformation. And we are a part of that. If you want to know why there's Lutherans, Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterians, Episcopalians, non-denominational Christians outside of the Roman Catholic Church, it's because of Martin Luther and those 95 theses. So today, the Sunday before All Saints Day, we celebrate Reformation Sunday. Next week, we celebrate All Saints Day. And it's just a really neat history lesson. But what I want to share with you this morning is what does faith act like and what does faith look like? Okay? If it is by grace through faith that you are saved, do you know what that looks like? Every day of the week? Well, to do this or to take a closer look, I want to take you into the scriptures because that's what the most important thing. Martin Luther said, you don't need the church. You don't need other writings. You don't need a pope. What you need is scripture and scripture alone. Let me set the context for you. Jesus tells two parables real quick, very short, one right after another. One describes, one uh, illustrates faith and the other describes what it looks like. For the sake of time, let me share with you the first parable. There is an unjust judge who doesn't fear God, doesn't respect men, and he's in a court of law. And there's this widow. Now, a widow doesn't even have the right to go before a judge. She's a woman. It's only a man who can go before a judge. And she goes up to this judge and demands justice again and again and again and again and again and again. And after a long period of time, this is what the unjust judge says. Oh, I do not fear God. I do not respect men. But because this woman is wearing me out, I will give her justice. Jesus then says, are you listening to the unjust judge? Your father in heaven loves you, respects you. Will he not give you justice right away? If you ask him and he won't wait, he's describing who God is. He loves you. He cares about you. Yes, he is the judge, but he will do anything to help you and bring you justice. And then Jesus says these words. When the Son of Man, Jesus himself, comes the second time, the second coming. Jesus came the first time. 
to die on the cross for your sins, the suffering servant. The second time he comes as judge, he says, when the son of man comes, will he find faith? I don't know about you, but I find that a little strange question. Will Jesus, when he comes again, find faith? Hmm. One time Jesus said this, broad and huge is the road to destruction. Small and narrow is the way to heaven. And very few will find it. How are you feeling now? <laughs> yeah. So he tells this quick parable about a judge. Illustrating who our God is, a loving, caring judge. And then Jesus describes what that looks like. What the costume, if I dare say, of a Christian is. Come along with me as we take a closer look at this parable. Luke 18, verse 9. Jesus also told this parable. They're in connection to some who trusted in themselves. Who do you trust? That they were righteous and treated others with contempt. You ever treat anybody poorly, badly, with contempt? Have you ever Look down on anybody else. Maybe driving a beat-up car, living in a smaller house than yours, a trailer house maybe. Hmm? Have you ever gone into Walmart and went, hmm, come on, let's be honest with ourselves. Now listen, here's two men. They had so much in common. Let me say it again. Two men who had so much in common went into the temple. They both went into the temple. Two people going into the church together to pray. They had that in common. They went there to pray. One a Pharisee. Now the Pharisee was somebody who was hated by the God-fearing people because they were hypocrites. Nobody liked the Pharisees because they had their robes and they thought they were so cool because they had the long tassels and they worked in the synagogue and loved God. So people despised the Pharisees and the only other person you might say they despised was the tax collectors. You know why? Because they were corrupt. Not only were the Pharisees corrupt, taking money in the church for themselves, but those tax collectors were so corrupt, they worked for the Romans. And so the people despised the tax collectors. So here were two people that were known sinners, terrible people in the eyes of the common folks, we would say a corrupt pastor who stole money. How'd you feel about that? Would you say, oh, pastor. Now, how about a corrupt IRS agent? Hmm? You wouldn't like that at all if he came knocking on your door, would you? 
Well, there's your choices. But what happens? One had faith, the other didn't. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus. Now, what's interesting, this is what the Greek says. If you follow the little six, he prayed to himself. Isn't that interesting? Luke says he prayed to himself. Why? Because he has an eye problem. I thank you that I'm not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even like this tax collector, I, I'm cool. I fast twice a week. Do you? I give tithes all that I get. Do you? You know, as a pastor, I kind of like this guy. (laughs) 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 He tithes. (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. Okay. But the tax collector standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. What does faith look like? What is the costume of faith? It's being humble before God Almighty. It's talking to God and saying, I have nothing to boast about except my sin. See, all have sinned. See, this is about you, you and me. We're all sinful, all guilty. But only one says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Only one sees his sin. What does faith do? It shows you your sin through the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the first thing the Holy Spirit's going to do is convict you of sin. Then he's going to convict you. You need a savior. You can't save yourself. All the money in the world, all the good works isn't going to do anything. You can pay millions of dollars for indulgences. It won't get you out of hell. And you only talk to God. You don't talk to God through Mary or through a saint or through a priest. You can go to God yourself. It's so clear in this text. But how you approach God is either with faith or without faith. If you don't have faith, guess what? You're going to talk about yourself. You ever talk about yourself to God? Hmm. Or you talk to God about your sins. Interesting. Words of Jesus. Notice what Jesus, I tell you, this man went down to his house because the temple is always high, okay? It's on a hill. It's up high. They had to go up these steps. Both men had to climb these steps, Okay. But only one came down those steps. Listen, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. You know what justification means? You ready? Guilty. Let me say it again. Let me tell you what justification is. You are guilty. But the judge says innocent. That's justification. It's a courtroom terminology. That's why he said the parable about the judge. 
He says, you are guilty of sin. But I, as the judge, says you're innocent. You're forgiven. You get off scot-free. Woo! <laughs> That's cool. Now live a life like that. Put on Jesus. See, when you were baptized with Christ, guess what? You were clothed with Christ. Do you live that way? The number one costume for Halloween is a witch. Are you more like a witch or more like Jesus? <laughs> Don't raise your hands. That's okay. I'm just saying. As a Christian, we put on Christ. A reformation, a change, a transformation takes place on the inside. You see, you know what the color of reformation is? Take a wild guess. What? Red, yeah, okay, that was a tough one, wasn't it? Oh. Yeah, a celebration, I'm covered by the blood of Christ. It's not my righteousness, but his. The only way I'm getting to heaven is through Jesus Christ, my Lord. And that's the only thing that makes me cool. <laughs> Nothing else, not my money, not my house, not my car, not my family. It's my faith in Jesus. And faith will make you humble. For everyone who exalts himself, this is a law from God. It's like gravity. What goes up comes down, okay? Everyone who exalts himself, guess what? Will be humbled, will come down. But one who humbles himself will be exalted. You know, the Bible says this man went down to his house justified. Let me say it another way. He will go up to his house justified someday when he dies because his house is heaven. Get it? Yeah, justify. Let me bring it all together in a little story. There was a young little boy, and he went up to the Washington Monument. Ever seen that thing? It's huge, it's beautiful, gorgeous. And he reaches in his pocket, and he pulls out a quarter. Says to the, to the guard there, I'd like to buy the Washington Monument. <laughs> and the... Guard, you know, loved the little kid. He said, oh, that's really sweet of you. But, yeah, that's not enough money. And the little boy goes, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so he digs in his pocket and he pulls out a dime and he puts it down. I said, I'd like to give you 35 cents for the Washington Monument. <laughs> and the guard says, I'm sorry, young man. Let me tell you three things about the Washington Monument. Number one, it's not for sale. Oh, little boy. Number two, all the money you have, 35 cents or $35 million, will not buy the Washington Monument. You could just see the little boy go, mm. but I have some good news for you. And the little boy goes, what? He says, if you're a citizen of the United States, the Washington Monument is already yours. And the little boy goes, really? He goes, yeah, it's yours. It's mine. It's everybody's in the United States of America. And the little boy goes, wow, I own the Washington Monument. Cool. Let me tell you three things. about your justification. 
your salvation. The grace of God. Number one, you cannot earn it. There's nothing you can do that God in heaven is going to go, oh, Danny, you're the coolest guy. I'm going to give you heaven. That isn't going to happen. Going to church, praying, being a member of a blaze church, a Lutheran, a Catholic, a Presbyterian, walking ladies across the street will not get you to heaven. All the money you have. Number two, you can't buy heaven. You can't buy forgiveness. You can't earn it. Number two, you can't buy it. You think of all the money you have in your retirement program, it'll do you no good when it comes to getting to heaven. You can't buy indulgences to forgive you. You can't buy grace. You can't buy your way into heaven. And you can't build a ladder. But here's the good news. You ready? (laughs) If you are a child of God, That is, if you are a Christian, heaven is already yours. It's a free gift. Listen to the words of John. Jesus came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Even though he made the world and came into the world, they did not receive him. But to those who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of a man's will or born of the flesh, but born of God. You see, if you have faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you already own salvation. It is yours by grace alone. That is the power of God. You know that through scripture alone. You don't need anything else to tell you that. And it's through your faith that God has created in your life that you receive that. Listen to what the Bible says. Faith is being assured of the things hoped for. Certain, without a doubt, of the things unseen. Remember that woman? Okay? She knew if she'd go enough to that judge, she was going to get justice. Imagine a judge loving you caring for you, can't wait to give you everything he has, what he will do for you. Now that's faith. See, our faith is in a loving, caring creator of heaven and earth who came from heaven to earth to die for us. Wow. I don't know where you are in your life, but I hope you leave here knowing this. Salvation is a gift from God. Number two, you can't earn it, can't pay for it. It's a free gift. And number three, it is faith that receives that. And it is faith that others should see when you leave here. Hopefully, we're all clothed with Christ and we're loving, caring, forgiving, humble. Because let me tell you, that's cool. Really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen.